Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Today is going to be one of those episodes that I wish I would have listened and heard a long, long time ago. And it's all about setting boundaries, which is something that teachers need more of. We're going to give you some strategies for creating those boundaries between work and personal life. And we're also going to share how you can actually stick to them. Oh. I'm so excited. But first, let's hear a TSH from Emily. Emily says her time-sucking hurdle has been trimming the fat on a lot of my work while at school. I use your amazing tips and ideas to be a top teacher, but I've recently been finding myself feeling like I don't do enough. So I find excuses to stay later and do unnecessary things. I hate fluff, but I see others do fluff and feel the pressure to fluff up my lessons. How many fluffs did we say there? But that was great. I mean, and it's here's the thing, Emily, like we have all felt this way at some point and it will continue to pop up. You're going to have those feelings of I don't feel like I'm doing enough. So I need to add in the extra fluff that you keep saying. I know that I have also caught myself thinking that I am such a horrible teacher. I'm not doing enough for my students. I need to. And and here's the thing. At the end of the day, I like literally have to tell myself, Bridget, just stop it. Like you cannot keep saying this to yourself. And when these things come to our mind, we have to constantly remind ourselves about our why. This is the purpose for what we are doing and this is what needs to drive us. Plus, we also have to remember that we have to be ourselves and not someone else that we either see online or in the hallway. Yeah, Bridget, that was so on point per the usual. Um, (laughs) I think we have all felt this way. It has happened to all of us. If you've never experienced that, please show me your ways because I obviously need to learn from you. Recently, we transitioned to hybrid learning and in the middle of the day when our students are having lunch and recess, we all have a midday monitor that comes in our room and is with our students during that time so that we can eat our lunch and have our planning time. And I went to one of my I was going to say team teacher. She actually teaches third grade, but she's one of my friends. I went into her room and I saw she had this little caddy for her midday monitor that had like water bottles for her midday monitor and had baby wipes and had hand sanitizer and had this little like, I don't know, a ringlet of cards with like, here's what we do during this time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I was like, now I need to go make a caddy. And I did end up making the caddy and that's because I gave into that pressure and I feel like it was a small example of fluff. I definitely needed to create that like guide of directions, but I didn't need to do the water and all of that. But I think this episode will be the perfect reminder for all of us that we have to set boundaries and be able to stick with them. Otherwise, we will find ourselves falling down these rabbit holes of always wanting to do more and more and more. And it's exhausting. Yeah, we will always definitely want to do more because I think it's in our nature as teachers, right? We, We want to be not necessarily, it's not necessarily a competitive thing, but it's a thing of, oh, wait a second, should I be doing that? We kind of put it more on ourselves. We're not trying to one up everybody else around us. We're just trying to make sure that we we have like that competitive within ourselves of just being really good teachers and providing the best education possible to our students. Yeah. And I feel like we see someone else doing something and we're like, well, wait, if they can do it, why can't I? Like you said, it's not that we want to be better than them. It's that we want to live up to where they are. Right. Right. We feel that pressure of, well, if they can do it, then so can I. We all want to better ourselves, like you said, for our students. Yeah. So 
Um, I remember back when, I mean, when I first started teaching and even I would say maybe like a year or so ago, um, I worked a lot. Like I remember getting there an hour and a half to two hours early in the morning. And then I would end up staying for another, you know, three, four, five hours, depending on what was going on in a school day. And so last year, I really told myself that I need to set a boundary. I need to basically leave um, at the end of the day. Like as soon as the kids were gone, my contract hour ends at 345. And so I told myself, I'm going to set this boundary of I'm going to go home at 345. I'm not going to continue staying at school to like find more things that I need to do to add that continuous pressure. Um, and I, I mean, I was notorious for it. Like I, w- I was, I would stay until like, guys, please don't judge me. But I had like these teaching partners and we really enjoyed each other. And maybe that was like the other thing of it too, right? Like my teaching partner that passed away, like we really enjoyed being around each other and just having those conversations. But we would stay until like nine o'clock at night. We would order pizza and we would just stay like maybe once a week. We would do that once a week. Can you imagine? But now, like I said, I leave at 345 every day with no work in my backpack. That is huge. I do not bring things home. I do not bring anything home with me. And I've told myself that I will not take that work home because I want to focus on my business. I want to focus on my family and my kids in the evenings. So this episode is really going to focus on setting those boundaries in the lives of teachers. But these tips will definitely apply to other areas of your life where you need to set those boundaries. Yeah, my example is more so setting a boundary around my personal time. So for me, Tuesday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 7.30, it's gym time. Like I will not schedule meetings or other obligations during this time. Oftentimes I have like business things that come up and people are like, oh, well, can you meet at six? And I'm like, no, like that is my gym time. So if I have like an entrepreneur meeting, so if you all don't know, I wrote a book last year with another group of teachers all about being entrepreneurs. So being entrepreneurs as educators. And a lot of times they want to schedule meetings in that evening time. And I've had to say, no, I'm not doing it. Or doing a podcast interview for someone else's podcast, I will not schedule it during that time. Even recently when I went to get my COVID vaccine, all of the times were like after school and I purposely picked a time that was after the gym. So I picked 745. That way I could still go to the gym and then go get my COVID vaccine after. So as we go through this episode, as we kind of share the steps for being able to set boundaries and then stick to them, Bridget is going to kind of talk about how she has been able to set that boundary and stick to it with leaving right after school. And I'm going to talk about my boundary with the gym. And so that way you can kind of see like how it applies to your teacher life, but then also how it can apply to your personal life. So what is a boundary? A boundary is essentially a non-negotiable rule that we're putting in place for ourselves, right? And we set them because we want to help establish that balance and give attention to all areas of our life. And we want to prevent feeling from feeling overwhelmed in one specific area. So we set the boundary. And in my opinion, and I think Michelle and I would both agree with this, like, it is probably the easiest thing is to set the boundary, right? I think it's sticking to it that tends to get a little bit more difficult. Yeah, which we're going to give you tips for actually sticking to it. But when it comes to setting the boundary, there's really two steps because as Bridget said, it's easy to actually set a boundary. Step one is to identify something making you unhappy. 
Again, if a boundary is a non-negotiable rule that you are putting into place, it's in order to prevent you from feeling that unhappiness. It's meant to help you from getting overwhelmed in that specific area of your life. But we have to dig a little bit deeper. Obviously, we don't like staying hours and hours after school in order to lesson plan, but that's not what's truly making us unhappy. What's making us unhappy is that we have to give up other things. We have to give up the things that are truly making us happy. So Bridget, can you talk a little bit about, it's not so much leaving school, it's what is that, you know, if you're staying late at school, what is that preventing you from doing? Yeah, so I think for me, you know, with my personality, I think I am very driven in being successful, right? I, I mean, my parents, they they came from different countries. They've worked very, very hard for themselves. So I grew up with a really good work ethic. I mean, if I have, you know, something that I'm trying to achieve and work hard at, I want to do it well. And so I spend all my time and I kind of get absorbed in that. And so what was happening is that I was so absorbed with trying to make the Mac team a truly successful thing. And I wanted to do well by creating this program within my school that I was spending a lot of hours focusing on that. And because I was focusing so much on that, I was not giving as much time to my kids and to my family. So I would find myself saying, no, I'm not going to go to that event. You take the boys, Trent, like, you know, I'm just going to stay back and I'm going to do this work because I really need to get this done. Or, you know, I would end up staying so late that I would miss putting Blaine to bed at night and I wouldn't be singing him his song. So I always felt obligated that I had to stay late and work because of the fact that I wanted to be successful there. But the thing that was really making me unhappy was the fact that I wasn't able to spend that time with my kids. Yeah. So I love Bridget went into that deeper why, right? It's not, oh, I don't like staying late at school and getting work done. Like, actually, sometimes I think we kind of enjoy that. Like, you know, at least I know I do. What she truly was unhappy about is that she was missing these, you know, big events in her kid's life. and, And she was missing that family time. I know for me, it's not that I dislike staying late at school and working. I don't like when I don't get to work out. I don't like skipping the gym because then I feel like I've let myself down and I'm not going to make the same kind of progress that I would. If I skip my workouts, I'm not going to be, you know, continually building my strength. I'm going to start to kind of slack in that area and that's going to make me feel like I'm letting myself down. Why are you laughing at me? Because remember that time that I sent you a video? (laughs) Please tell them about that. (laughs) Guys, okay. So we all know Michelle is like the strong one in our relationship here. (laughs) So I have... I, I mean, I have told myself I am going to start doing some things at home to help build my strength. Well, my son has been going to the gym a lot lately. And so we bought him a bunch of like, what are those round ones that have the little, the cow, kettlebell. Kettle, kettlebell. So we yeah. bought him some of those and we bought him some different weights to do at home. So the days that he doesn't go to the gym, he can do little works that, workouts at home and to help build his strength. <laughs> Here I am. I'm like, hey, I want to like do something with this. So I take the 15 pound weight. Guys. I can't even lift it like vertical. I can't lift it with one hand. <laughs> like I can't even get it to go like halfway. <laughs> yeah, she literally. So if, if imagine you're holding a kettlebell by your side, she's trying to just lift her arm with it. I don't think she even made it to like 45 degrees. No, I, and I can't. Was like, oh, Bridget. I can't. Oh, Bridget. I know. It's really bad, guys. I'm going to blame it on the Hashimoto's. It's the Hashimoto's fault. 
whenever uh, Bridget mentions Hashimoto's, if Billy's around, he Hashimoto's. That's always how he says it. Hashimoto's. I don't know why. All right. It's funny. What is step two, Bridget? Okay. So the next thing, once we identify the thing that's making us unhappy, we then have to find the solution to the problem. Okay. And so for this, the solution to the problem is actually the boundary that you are going to be setting. This needs to be something super simple. It could be one sentence. It could be, it should be a focus that you want or what you will do instead of what you won't do. So start with this way. Let's have a sentence starter. I will. And then tell me what your new boundary is going to be. Yeah, this makes me think about that whole like sign on the grass. Think about Princess Diaries. Remember, there's like the sign that says do not walk on the grass. And oh, so yes. she immediately starts walking on the grass. Get Whenever the you're grass. told, yeah, get off the grass. <laughs> and they start saying in all the different languages. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of saying, I'm not going to do this, it's like if you say I'm not going to do this, all that is left in your mind is that thing. So if you say, I'm not going to stay at school late, the last part you heard is stay at school late. Instead, Mm -hmm. you want to say, I will do this. I will leave school on time. So for me, I knew that I had to have a strict gym schedule. If it makes me unhappy when I end up skipping the gym because I'm working late, I have to have a strict gym schedule that I'm going to stick to. So one thing that would really help is having a specific time that I go to the gym every day. Otherwise, I would just keep pushing it back, right? Like, eh, I'll, I'll just go later until it was too late. And then I end up skipping it altogether. So for me, I decided at five o'clock, I will leave school and go to the gym, right? It's super simple. At five o'clock, I will leave school and go to the gym. And I end up meeting Billy there. So that makes it kind of, you know, I'm held accountable because I know that Billy's going to be there waiting for me. So for me, I, because I knew that I wanted to spend time with my family, I told myself, I'm going to be leaving at 345. So as soon as my contract hours are done, I'm like walking out um, and I'm going to be able to spend that time with my family. So whether it is that I sit down, I do the homework with their, with my boys, because it's really nice, actually, the way it works out, because I can get at leave my school at 345. Ian gets home probably about 315 when, with the bus. And then by the time Blaine gets picked up, it's like 330. So we're all kind of getting home at the exact same time. So we do feel like we're able to spend time together as a family and do some of these other things and, you know, maybe even go out to dinner or go to my in-laws. So it's just an easy way to say, I'm leaving. I'm, I will be leaving at 345 every single day. Now, throughout this episode, we're going to be sharing a total of six steps with you. Those first two steps are all about how to actually set the boundaries. We're now going to move on to how to stick to them, which Mm. is the tricky part. The next four steps are all about getting a plan in place that's going to give you no excuse but to stick to your boundaries. So Bridget, what is step number three? So you have to identify the roadblocks. Um, Roadblocks are going to be those tasks or the events that are preventing you from establishing your boundary. Once you have identified what is making you unhappy, you have to think about what is causing it. So why does this keep happening? Um, And then what can we do differently to in order to prevent it? We really have to take the time to dig deep and really ask ourselves, why is this happening to me? And you have to be honest. What things are that are in your control are causing this situation to happen? So for me, I was staying really late and I knew that I 
wanted to spend time with my family. So in order for me to identify and be able to stick to that boundary, I had to ask myself, well, why is it that I keep staying late? What's causing me to want to stay behind in order for me to get more work done? Well, it's because I wasn't prepared. I I mean, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you guys. I wasn't preparing for the next day. I wasn't preparing for the next week. I wasn't utilizing the time during the day appropriately in order to ensure that I was getting myself prepared for the next day and the next week. So it was all on me. I mean, I was spending time, guys, printing, laminating, cleaning, organizing, all of these different things that in reality, I just needed to identify the systems and the the batching, the way that I batch my time and organize my time and the systems in order to help keep everything organized. And for me, I realized that the reason I wasn't getting to the gym is because I was procrastinating my lesson planning during the day. So similar to what Bridget said, I wasn't planning during my actual planning time. Mm -hmm. I was always saving my planning for after school. And for me, the roadblock is that I was not getting things done during my planning time. But I have to be more specific. I have to dig deeper. Why was I not getting things done during my planning time? Well, I typically wasn't prepared for my planning time. I did not go into it saying, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I went into it going, okay, wait, what am I going to start with? I didn't have a plan and I wasn't motivated to get things done. Because I allowed myself to work as late as I wanted after school, there was no urgency. I, I didn't have to do it during my planning time, I could just wait till after school. So once you develop um, or once you identify those roadblocks, Bridget, what is step four? So the next step is the, to then develop a new routine. Now, now that you kind of identify the things that you're doing and what's causing this to happen, you need to create a new plan in order to prevent it. So since we set our boundaries for things that happen again and again and again, <laughs> we need to create a new routine and build new habits that will allow us to stick to it again and again and again. The routine should be designed to overcome those roadblocks that you identified in the last step. So I found it helpful to literally take each roadblock and think about a solution for that or like what was I going to do differently. So I mentioned one roadblock is that I was not prepared for my planning time. So a couple of the things I did, I moved all of the books that I needed for my lesson planning and other materials that I needed to my desk area. So I wasn't going to the other side of the room in order to get all of my stuff ready. I also mentioned that I didn't have a plan in place. So I started creating a power list every Every day of the three things I had to get done during my planning time. And I also created a routine for my planning. So I knew on Mondays, I'm going to plan math. On Tuesdays, I'm going to plan science, et cetera, et cetera. And this honestly was the biggest game changer for me. I also mentioned that I wasn't motivated and I had no urgency. So I started developing discipline, but I also focused on my why. Why do I want to be able to leave at five o'clock to go to the gym? That helped to keep me motivated. This really was a mindset shift and that mindset shift may need to be part of your new routine. And in terms of the urgency, if I know Billy is now waiting for me in order to go to the gym, I can't bail. So again, I kind of developed those new routines and built those new habits that are going to help overcome those roadblocks. So um, when I realized that my planning was the issue as well, but I also think I had a little bit of organization that was kind of falling into there. And it's funny because I love organization, but I felt like I did not have a very good system for how I was organizing things inside of my classroom. And I think, and it goes back to that whole thing. Like it took me forever to figure out a layout, a system that really worked for me. 
even though I have a ton of cabinets like and drawers going on in my classroom, it's not easy to like set up a layout when you have every single like space in your like on your wall occupied. It, it's not easy to plan it that way. So once I identified that my planning and my organization was really interfering with the time that I was able to spend with my kids, I started thinking about ways to make some of these changes. Now, I'm a morning person for any of you out there. I love mornings. I can get to school pretty early in the mornings. And because I have Trent that takes care of the kids in the mornings, I don't really have to worry about that. So I started to use that morning time and to be a little bit more strategic with how I was going to um, be able to get home at 3.45 every single day. So I started using my morning time to plan and prepare for the day and for the next week. So now what I do is I started using my LMS a lot more. Um, I started making things more digital using Google Drive um, and I was scheduling assignments and posts that I needed to do onto my LMS. Now, this really helped so that I wasn't having to print a, a ton of different materials, um, which has been truly helpful because I'm not spending so much time at the copy machine or laminating or any of that. I'm able to create a really fun digital experiences for my kids that are equally as good as them moving around a piece of paper on their desk. I also developed a routine that allowed me to be able to plan in advance versus just waiting until the last minute. So it's chunking that time. It's designating specific days in order to plan specific areas of my curriculum and my lesson plans. Um, and that has helped a ton. And like I said, because I was a morning person, I use that to my advantage and I do get to school a little bit earlier. So I technically don't have to get it to school until eight o'clock. I choose to get to school about 6.45 to seven o'clock every single day. And it's because I'm able to use that time and be able to plan. I have to be honest, guys, my planning period is at the very end of the day. And while so many people are probably like, I would love that, like planning period at the end of the day. Y'all, I'm tired at the end of the day. Like three o'clock rolls around and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm a vegetable. So I, because I know this about myself, I have to be, I have to plan and use that morning time a little more strategically. Now, while this all sounds like peaches and cream, the reality is things are going to come up that will get in the way. So step number five is to learn how to say no. The biggest test when it comes to sticking to your boundaries is how do you respond when something pops up that could potentially cross your boundary? Remember, this is something in your control. So you have the power to decide if you're going to let it cross your boundary or not. We're going to give some tough love. You are going to hurt people's feelings and you're going to feel like you are letting people down during this step. But we're going to come back to that in the next step. So just trust us for now. So when I originally determined that I wanted to leave at like 345 every single day, when I set that boundary for myself, I made it very clear to my teaching partners, my intentions were to leave every single day at 345. When you're honest and you're open about the goals that you're setting and helping them to understand why you're setting those goals, they're going to support you. Your teacher partners are there to support you. They're not going to think ill of you. Um, and they don't think that way of me at all. 
I knew that I needed to say no to a lot of extra commitments on top of this. So some of the things that, you know, whether it was planning with other members like on that team, if they were planning at three o'clock, I'm sorry, like 345, like I'm gone. I'm not going to be staying after school to be able to plan more materials. Like I want to be collaborative in all sense. And I'm always there to lend a helping hand and to give materials. But when it starts to interfere with that boundary, I just have to say no. And, you know, I, I at the end of the day, if people cannot... Uh, understand and respect that, um, that time that I'm trying to have for my personal family, then it's like, you know what? I'm, I mean, that's just, it is what it is. You're just going to have to move on and just do your own little thing. <laughs> I'm trying to say it in the nicest way possible, but it is like, you know, if you can't uh, respect the boundaries that I set and you don't like that about me, then see ya. <laughs> kind of how I feel. So now I really work to schedule my meetings and I end up saying no. A really good example of this. So I have a student of two middle school teachers in my district and we recently just had conferences, our spring conferences. Well, because our spring conferences were the same times as their spring conferences, we couldn't Zoom together, right? And so they sent me a message and they were like, hey, he has this at four something. Can we schedule? I didn't even acknowledge that they had mentioned anything about any four o'clock time. I said, can you meet at eight o'clock next week? And I pushed that out there. I didn't even acknowledge that they brought up a four o'clock something because that's not what I want to do. It's going into my boundary. I'm not going to stay at school until four o'clock because they're, they're coaching a sport. I'm sorry, I'm leaving. I'm going to spend time with my family. And they ended up accepting the eight o'clock. So it worked out great. So I schedule my meetings for that eight o'clock time. I schedule it for my planning period. If worse comes to worse and I have to schedule it during my lunch, I will schedule it during my lunch because for me, that 345 time is way more valuable to me than my lunch. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. For me, I had always coached multiple after school programs, which would typically run until about 530. So once I set this boundary, I had to choose not to coach those anymore. And yes, I enjoyed coaching, but ultimately I felt unhappy when I missed the gym on those days. And so I have to remember that bigger picture. What is actually making me unhappy? It's not staying after to coach. It's the fact that I was then missing the gym and it's hard to say no, especially in person. So I was coaching girls on the run and I was coaching hero boys. They're both after school, like running programs and they were run by two different teachers. And when both of them came to me and they're like, Hey, like you're helping out this year. Right. And I'm like, uh, in that moment, it was hard to say no when they're standing right in front of me. So what I did, and this is a tip you can use if you're like me and you don't like confrontation. I literally was like, yeah, I've got to look at my schedule. I'll get back to you. And then I ended up emailing them and saying, hey, I'm sorry, I just can't make this work. And it felt less intimidating to do it through an email, even though that's probably something I should work on. I need to stand up for myself a little bit more. But for now, that is a tip that you can use if you kind of feel the same way. But Say no now so that you can say yes later, okay? Remember, you're always saying no to something. So if I say yes to coaching those after-school teams, I'm saying no to being able to go to the gym or at least being able to go to the gym on time. But if I say no now to coaching, I can always say yes later. And it kind of has two meetings. So first of all, you can always change your mind if you want to. So if I say no to coaching and then I realize, eh, you know what, actually I can make this work. 
if I go to them and say, hey, do you want some help coaching? They're going to say yes. They're going to allow me to do it. So you can always go back and change your mind. But you say no now so you can say yes later to other things. So I'm saying no to coaching, but I'm saying yes to that gym time. That is so important to me. And the most important thing is you do not need to give an explanation. You Mm. may feel like you need to, but you don't. Like Bridget said, she did not even acknowledge that they asked to meet at four o'clock. That was outside of her boundaries. She didn't even acknowledge it. She didn't need to say, well, actually, I don't meet after 345 because of my family. No, she just gave them an option of meeting during school hours. So for me, not scheduling things during my gym time Like, I don't even give a reason. I don't say, oh, well, I go to the gym at that time. I just say, sorry, I have an obligation. Or recently I was talking to another teacher who's kind of into like fitness and she had said that she will say I have an appointment at that time. And like, it's an appointment with herself at the gym, but no one needs to know that. Like, it's an obligation. You don't need to give them an explanation. You just say, nope, sorry, can't do it at that time. You know, and I think a lot of us do that. Um, how many times have you said, oh, I'm so sorry that I'm late or I'm sorry that you've you've been doing this. You don't need to say sorry. You can simply say, thank you for being patient. I had a few things that I needed to take care of. Let's get on board now. I think we need to stop apologizing for living our lives and having things that we're doing. <laughs> it's our life. It's okay that we're doing it. So I, that's a huge and wonderful tip. And honestly, I feel like that might be a female thing in general, the whole apologizing when you don't need to apologize, even outside of just this in general life. Billy, that's one of the things when we started dating, you know, going on eight years ago, he got on me so much because he's like, you apologize for things you don't need to apologize for. He's like, you're always saying you're sorry. Why are you sorry? And I didn't even realize I would do that until he started pointing it out. And now I'm like, oh, you're right. Yeah, I don't need to be sorry. It's like if someone bumped into me, I would apologize to them. And it's like, no, that's not my fault. So I feel like that's something that's kind of ingrained in all of us that we have to just work on and we have to break that habit. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely something that I've been working on over the past you know, several months. So the last step that we have for you uh, when it comes to sticking with those boundaries is to stop feeling guilty. I mean, as teachers, we constantly feel like we have to do everything for everyone all of the time. And this is a cycle that needs to be broken because it isn't attainable. It's not realistic. So we have to go back to Emily's TSH. We all feel the pressure to do the fluff. But if the fluff is keeping you from establishing that balance and sticking to your boundaries, you have to ask yourself, is it actually worth it? This requires a mindset shift with this, which is like really, really difficult. And it is going to take times. So you need to remember and remind yourself constantly about your why. Yeah. When it comes to not feeling guilty, for me, I have to constantly remind myself going to the gym makes me a better teacher. I'm happier, I'm healthier, and I have more to give during school hours if I'm not burnt out from working all the time. And that gym time gives me a chance to decompress, to de-stress, and to get those endorphins flowing. You know, as Elle Wood says, happy people just, wait, hold on, there's more before that. Uh, 
working out releases endorphins and endorphins make people happy and happy people don't kill their husbands. That's That's right. That it is that you got it. You nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, I did not nail it whatsoever, but that's okay. It's hard to let go of all of those extras. It's hard to let go of the fluff. But once you do, you actually won't miss them. Or when you do, you remind yourself of that. Why? You remind yourself of that bigger picture and you let it go. This year, I let go of a lot. And guess what? I still have parents thanking me for having their child learn to love learning and loving, you know, just thanking me for loving their child so much. I don't have to do 10 million extra things to accomplish that. The easiest way to accomplish that is just by being fully present. So when I you know, have students coming in my classroom in the morning or I log on to Google Meet, like I am truly there. I'm paying attention to them. I'm not feeling overwhelmed and stressed because I was working late last night. The gym is what helps me accomplish that. You know, last year, um, back pre-COVID, when we would have meditation Mondays. And so over the announcements, um, our guidance counselor would come on every single Monday and she would play like a meditation for the kids. And it was just really interesting And I really liked how after we were listening to a lot of these meditations, they would always say, you know, think about this, like think about the breathing and your stomach going in and out and in and out. And then he would say, if you find your mind wandering, it's okay, but you got to pull yourself back. And that's important. And that's what we need to remember. So when I find myself feeling guilty just for not doing enough, I really have to kind of snap myself back and really recenter myself and say, this is my why. I am doing enough. I am good enough. And I'm doing a good job. I'm doing exactly what I set out to do in the first place. When I really understand my why, it really keeps me grounded in my routines and the boundaries that I have already established. So let's review those six steps. The first two steps are to help you actually establish boundaries. Step one is to identify something making you unhappy. And step two is to find a solution to solve the problem. The last four steps are to help you actually stick to those boundaries that you have established. Step three is to identify your roadblocks. Step four is to develop a new routine. Step five is to learn to say no. And then step six, probably the most important one of all, is to stop feeling guilty. Guys, we are so excited to be able to announce this. And this is the thing that so many of you have been waiting for. And we're excited to finally announce that our planners are going to be launching. So the July to June planners for 2021 to 2022 school year will be available on May 1st. So you can head on over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store to purchase yours. They will be on sale for the first two weeks of the launch. So don't wait to get yours. Grab it now. Um, You don't even need a code. They will automatically be marked 15% off. And while you're over there on our website, go ahead and check out our um, TSH tab and let us know what your time sucking hurdle is. Be sure to also subscribe to the podcast as you are notified when a new episode is dropped. It's like automatically there. So like when you wake up in the morning and you're ready to get dressed, like you can automatically see, oh, Teaching to the Top has just dropped a new podcast and just listen to it as you get ready in the morning. Um, Also make sure to leave us a review over on iTunes. We really enjoy looking at your comments there. And until next time, my friends, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.